0: So like I told them at the first service, that's an impossible act to follow, you know. Um, if I could speak like they sing, we, we'd be here all day. Of course, if y'all, I'm not that good a speaker, believe me. But uh, we do take this a day uh, annually every year at this time to uh, just praise God for, for what he's done in our church and through our Sunday school and uh, just a time of of thanking him and remembrance, so to speak, Um uh, it's been 79 years now uh, since uh, Sunday school started, and actually the church started through Sunday school. And uh, it's hard to believe it's that long. I haven't been around that long, but praise God I've been around for a lot of those years and, and had the privilege of coming here as a teenager and, and finding the Lord and, and working here. And, uh, but uh, we just praise God for, for what he's done. As we normally do, we do have a little time of recognition uh, on this day. And today, again, we're going to do this a little differently. Um, I want you to think for a few minutes about um, how attentive you've been to Sunday school in the past year. You know, if, if a person has been sick or they were on vacation or they had to work or some other reasonable uh, reason, so to speak, and, and I have those times. Sometimes I'm sick, sometimes I'm on vacation, and sometimes I'm not here. But, um, you know, how many of us have been here all the other times when we could be here and worship the Lord and be in Sunday school? And for all of you who attend Sunday school, think about that for just a minute, and we're not going to check records. We're not going to verify anything. But in your mind, have you been here every Sunday you could in Sunday school without a Reason, so to speak. But for all those who have been here, would you stand up for a moment? Men, women, children, everybody. Okay. Okay, y'all did better than the first service. I'm not calling names, but thank y'all. We thank y'all very much for your attendance. Sure do. It also identifies a whole lot of work Carol's got to do to uh, encourage the rest of you to come to Sunday school. So, But we do encourage you to come to Sunday School. Uh, Sunday School, if you don't know the definition, and I'll put it just real simply, it's Bible study. It's being in the Bible through his word. It's being in prayer. It's being with a small group of people that hopefully you love and uh, enjoy being with. It's also fellowship. It's fun. It's laughter. It's a lot of different things. And we do encourage you to come. And, And please see me personally. If if I can help you in any way, find a Sunday school class, or give you advice, or show you different options, or whatever, please see me personally. I'll be more than glad to help you find a class. Sure would. <clears throat> our pastor last week though started a, a series of messages though called "Back to Basics," and I could not agree with this more. That in our day and time we do need to get back to basics, and one of the things we definitely need to get back to is people believe in the Bible. And in order to believe the Bible, first of all, you have to read it and you have to study it. You need to know what the Lord has written, not what man has written. You need to know what the Lord has written. And I know a lot of people say the Bible is hard to understand. I will disagree with that to the day I die. I do not understand everything in the Bible 100%. 90% 90 of it, though, you can read and you can clearly understand it, though. It is simply written, but it is not that hard to understand. I'm amazed in this day and time, uh, particularly as as a person involved in in Bible study, uh, of the events going on around us that are so tragic and uh, so against God and just should get our attention. Uh, You know, we continue to have storms, that are so devastating in today's world, like in Oklahoma this past week, you know, 12,000 homes were damaged and 20 some people were killed in one tornado. We also see things such as terrorism, uh, like at the Boston Marathon, uh, just people building a bomb and putting it in the middle of people just to hurt and, and kill people. Uh, we also see here recently, it's been brought out a lot about the violence against women, particularly, Uh, Y'all know the story that was on the news sort of the last few weeks of three young women who was taken by a man, and he kept them basically as slaves in his home, locked up and chained up. We continue to hear stories about young girls, uh, children, taken off the streets and sold into slavery. I'm not talking about a foreign country. I'm talking about the United States now. These girls are taken and and used as just uh, sex objects. Uh, We've recently experienced in recent months the uh, situation up in Sandy Hook, Massachusetts. Some deranged individual takes the guns in an elementary school and kills innocent children for no sound reason whatsoever. We continue to have a government in our own country now who is so against God. Uh, Things like taking prayer at a graduation in Person County. We also see things like uh, the Supreme Court is now deciding what is marriage and what is the family. They're going to decide to maybe redefine it away from what God has said. We'll get that decision, unfortunately, this summer of what they say. Um, But folks, uh, we continue to see a nation around us that we live in and officials that we vote for go against what Almighty God has said. And we need to understand that Mankind cannot set the rules. We can set rules and regulations by how fast you drive. But when it comes to the definitions of the Lord, only the Lord can set those definitions and boundaries. And by his holy guidance, we should be living life. But we continue to see these things. I want to encourage you all, when you really want to do some serious reading in the Bible, look up the last 17 books in the Old Testament in the Old Testament, some of them are real short, some of them are real long, like Isaiah and Jer- uh, Jeremiah and some of these other places. But in the Bible, God tells a nation what will happen if you turn your back on God. If you go against what he says, if you live a different life, not obedient to his word, the Lord tells us exactly what he will do. Okay? And it's, it's not a pretty picture. But I encourage you to read the latter books in the Old Testament even in our own church everybody here we we have a problem or a situation to deal with including me and my family you know uh, there's things like sickness there's things like job loss there are addictions you know drugs uh pornography and different things that people are addicted to there's a problem with divorce there's tragedies that happen suddenly in our lives sometimes There seems to be always a problem with finances. And in mentioning these things, folks, it hits every one of us, all of us. There's there's nobody exempt from these things. But all these things, from what you see in the world around you to what's going on in our own personal lives, these are things that should drive us into what God says and into what the Bible says and into a closer relationship with the Lord. These things, when we see them on the news and when we see them happening in our own lives, God tells us to come to him. And, of course, that's what uh, uh, Sunday school and Bible study is all about. It's drawing closer to the Lord. You know, if your house was on fire, you called call the fire department to come and put it out, okay? We live in a world now that's on fire with all these problems and situations going on and so forth. So why are we not coming to the Lord to put that fire out also, we're not we're not doing it okay now many of you are very loyal and and you come to Sunday school every day and praise God if you come to church and don't come to Sunday school thank God you're in the house of the Lord and thank God you're in his house as a people we have totally gotten away from the fact that God tells us on Sunday to be in the house of the Lord that's his rule not mine but Jesus brought out something uh, in Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 14. Let me read that real quickly. These are the words of our Lord. Matthew 24, starting in verse 10, going through 14. And Jesus said, at that time, many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. This chapter uh, has a subheading in my Bible. On the chapter 24, it says, Signs of Christ return." And these were his words. And I want to point out to you, first of all, it says that many will fall away. Um, you know, in our own church here, I have grown increasingly concerned because up until last Sunday, our attendance in Sunday school has been running anywhere from 10 to 25 people in attendance below what it was a year ago. Um, the church as a whole now uh, is not in trouble. Our membership has stayed the same. We have over 800 members in our church, but we're having difficulty in getting 275 or 300 in Sunday school each week. And <clears throat> it, it really, you know, it's, it's discouraging, you know, when you feel like you're doing everything you can, and we're all, we are a busy church here. Praise the Lord for that. You know, we got mission activities, and we have cookouts and uh, we have things for children, things for adults, and if you want a Bible study, we have them just about all in the week sometimes. We're, we're working super hard here, and praise God for that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we need people to respond to that. We need for you to come and enjoy it, take advantage of it, and learn from it so you can be encouraged yourself and also help other people. But we have been very concerned about that. that the attendance is down, but see the battle, folks. We live in a world now there's strong people out of the church. When the world says you don't have to pray, it's no good, we're going to redefine this, and, and this ain't necessary, and it's taught in school now that way, that's what we're fighting. I think children particularly, you know, in Sunday school we have them for 45 minutes. The public school system has them eight hours a day, five days a week. And none of them will teach the Lord. So we have been very concerned, and that's why we encourage you today to, number one, continue to come and also to bring other people. But I want to point out what I feel like is the key to the future of our Sunday school. And it's found in these verses right here that our Lord said, particularly when he talks about, and because lawlessness is increased. Another word for lawlessness is sin. Sin is the same thing. And because of that, it says most people's love will grow cold. In other words, people will basically quit believing, it seems like. Not everybody, but most. And that's, that's where we now are. Most people do not believe there is a God. They don't believe in coming to church. They don't believe in, in the traditions that we've held here for 79 years now of family and God and children and, and that sort of thing. But in order to combat that, there's one thing we got to do, and that's turn love up. If love has been suppressed, the way to combat that is that we, in our own hearts and minds, number one, love God as we should, and then love each other. The key to growing our Sunday school, I think, depends, number one, on prayer, and it depends on loving each other and finding the love of the Lord. If we want our families here, our children, number one, we've got to be willing to teach them, and we've got to be willing to bring them. It doesn't do any good if we have the programs here and people, and people don't come. But we have got to get uh, into a position to where we love each other more, and that means getting up on our feet and our, using our hands to do that. Sometimes maybe we need to turn the television off and go out in the yard and play baseball with our kids or something. Or maybe we need to show love and appreciation to our spouse sometimes and just let them know how much we appreciate them. Maybe sometimes we need to come together as a family and go to church on Sunday morning. Maybe we need to get together sometimes and just eat dinner at home alone with our family sometimes. But we need to speak it. We need to tell people we love you, and we need to not only tell our family, but we need to tell the people we need to meet out in the street. Um, just real quickly. It's amazing to me how many people now are depending on something else other than each other and the Lord. <clears throat> I was in uh, Richmond, Virginia this week, and and they had opened up a new hunting and fishing store, basically like a Bass Pro Shop, and of course that got my attention. So I stopped by there one day at lunch, and I'm walking around checking out the latest fishing equipment and some other things. Go by the gun counter. The gun counter of pistols alone It's half as big as this church. There were six salespeople in that sales counter selling pistols. There were six or seven people around that counter buying them. And behind me, I looked, and there were the rifles and the shotguns were over in the hunting section, and there were more people over there buying guns. And I thought to myself, all right, how many of these people are trusting in that gun to save them and not in Jesus Christ? You know, and I've got a gun. I keep a shotgun in my closet, folks, and shotguns up on the shelf there, and that's something I learned from my dad. If a varmint comes along, you are prepared for it or somebody breaks into your house. I'm not against guns. But people are depending on something nowadays other than Jesus Christ for their salvation, even to save them in their homes and so forth. And, and that's kind of where we are. But we as the family of God, you know, praise God in this church, love is here. I have no doubt about it. It is in this church and it is in our Sunday school, but the day has come we've got to turn it loose. We've got to love somebody in need. We need to love those who are hurting, who are hungry, and each other, and they, a lot of these folks are right here in our church family. So let's make a bigger effort, number one, to love people and love people outside the church. Again, this day I encourage you to come to come to Sunday school. I encourage you to come and eat this afternoon, and let us know anytime we can help you. Thank you. Herb.
1: Thank you, Carol, so much. Um, as I told them at the 830 service, no, I, I'm not going to preach for 30 or 40 minutes now, okay? So just sit back and relax for just a minute. But I want to share as your pastor uh, just a few thoughts about do we still need the Sunday school? Do we? And I want to say something from the get-go. If you're not coming to Sunday school now, we're not trying to belittle you or, uh, or criticize you. We want to encourage you, and we want you to know that there is a place of Bible study for you. Um, I shared at the 830 service, uh, Debbie and I have been banking with the same bank since we moved to North Carolina in the mid-'70s. And um, a few years back, I was at one of the local branches, and one of the um, one of the officers in the bank came up to me and said, uh, I want to talk with you for just a second. And it alarmed me. I thought, well, maybe I've written a bad check or we didn't have enough money. And and it was none of that. He said, we've got some programs uh, that we'd like for you to have and be involved in, uh, but you got to sign up for them. And I, I said, well, why hadn't I been already, you know, taking advantage of those and he said well you didn't sign up for it and i got a little bit upset because i thought if i've been a member uh, been a, a customer at this bank for 30 something years why didn't you just sign me up why didn't you just let me know well you got to sign up and and folks i feel sometimes there's so many things going on at the church that either you don't know about them Uh, or you hadn't gotten involved in them. And we want you to be involved. We want everything that we can share with you at the church to help you to know the Lord or to know him better or to grow in your faith and to really be able to serve him. We want all those things to be a part of your life and your ministry. So hear what I've got to say as an encouragement to you. Uh, When I was in seminary, one of the professors reminded me Never criticize the people in the church because they're all volunteers. The only folks that are getting paid to come are the staff members. Don't criticize, nor belittle, nor try and discourage the membership of the church because they're volunteers. And I know that you volunteered to give up, you thought, 60 minutes if I don't go over. But I appreciate you volunteering your time. But, folks, God wants to do so much more for you and me through the ministries of The church that if this is not the church you attend, the church you attend, God wants you to take full advantage of those things. So I just want to share a few things, and I'll give you the, the short sermon this morning, okay? But do we still need the Sunday school? From the beginning of Teresa Baptist Church, Sunday school has been one of the foundational blocks of everything that we do here. When you sit and think about it, Sunday school is the foundation block of evangelism, that is, winning people to Christ. It is the foundational block of discipleship, the study of the Word of God and ministry. And folks, just think about all the ministry that is done in Sunday school, and I'm going to mention those things in just a few minutes. But why did the beginning of the church start with Sunday school on the fourth Sunday in May of 1934? Well, first of all, folks, I think you and I need to understand that as a church, that what we do must be scriptural, it must be patterned after Jesus' ministry, it must be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it must be commissioned or mandated by Christ. And so, folks, let me just, and again, I'm going to kind of do this, not rapidly, but quicker than normal, okay? Let me read to you Matthew 28, verses 18, 19, and I'm actually going to read verse 20, and it's my fault that it's not on the overhead. Fran didn't leave this out. I forgot to add that verse, okay? But listen to Matthew 28, 18, and 19. You know this as the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now listen to this. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, Jesus' commission was that we reach out with the gospel and tell the good news and tell about his salvation to everybody in the world. And as we live our life, we're supposed to be his witnesses. But Christ's commission was not complete after a person professed faith and was baptized because the church... His disciples were instructed in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. From the very beginning of the church, Christ has desired that the church be a teaching body. And the early church in the book of Acts picked up on that, and they practiced what Jesus had taught them. Let me give you two verses: Matthew, chap- uh, excuse me, Acts chapter two, verses forty-one and forty-two. So those who received His word were baptized. There were added that day about three thousand souls. What a glorious day! But listen to this: they, as a church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayers. Folks, Jesus patterned His ministry. By teaching and preaching and healing. Let me give you a couple of examples. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And he went about Galilee. And this is such a simple verse to see. Look at this. Number one, teaching in their synagogues. Number two, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And number three, healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. And those same words are echoed again by Matthew in Matthew 9:35. Listen to this again. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Number one, teaching in their synagogue. Number two, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Number three, healing every disease and every infirmity. But folks, It was not only the ministry of Jesus, but it's the ministry of the church and actually the ministry of the home to teach the Word of God. Go all the way back to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm going to read also out of Deuteronomy uh, 31. But listen to this, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. Before the church was ever established, before the Lord came, even as the people had just the book of Moses, listen to the instructions of God. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them. Now listen to this. Parents, Christian parents. We are challenged by the word of God that we would let the word of God be upon our hearts. And then verse 7, we should teach them diligently to your children. Shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down. And when you rise, and you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be a front as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Folks, what does that mean? The parents were constantly reinforcing the children's understanding of the word of God. And listen out of Deuteronomy chapter 31. God spoke to Moses and said, Assemble the people, men, women, and look at this, little ones, and the sojourners within your towns that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you are going over the Jordan to possess. And out of the New Testament, Paul writes, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 15. And so often we use this when we're talking about ministers. But, folks, listen, I believe that this verse applies to all of us as Christians and to the church. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, folks, this morning I want you to ask yourself these questions, and I hope you'll find these answers appropriate, okay? What good will Sunday school do for me? Now, let's be honest. We are living in a me world. You know, we want to know how this will benefit me. And and again, I, I want you to look at it from this perspective. What good will Sunday school do you and me? First of all, Sunday school will help me grow in my faith and grow spiritually as a Christian. In a handbook... For Christian maturity, Bill Bright writes or gives these five principles of Christian growth. And just look at these. Number one, we must study God's word. Number two, we must pray. Number three, we must fellowship with other Christians. Number four, we must witness for Christ. And number five, we must obey God. And, folks, all of those things happen in Sunday school. The last one, obeying God, happens as a result of being in Sunday school. Well, how can you and I personally and as a church benefit from a strong Sunday school? And let me give you six ways that we can benefit, okay? Number one, Sunday school is a place where dialogue and questioning occurs. Now, folks... I've had a number of people over the years say that they like Sunday school better than preaching, and that does not offend me. It really does They like Sunday school better than preaching because during the middle of the sermon, they can't raise their hand and say, I got a question. Explain to me in a better and clearer way what you meant by what you just said. Nobody's going to raise their hand while I'm preaching because they know that if, if they do, it's going to take me another 15 minutes to finish the sermon. All right? Are you all still with me? I'm just seeing if you're awake. But Sunday school is a place where dialogue and questioning occurs. Secondly, in Sunday school, we form relationships and have fellowship. And, folks, this is so important. Years ago, there was a family, uh, Well, t- Will and Lillian Burnett. Many of you might not remember them, but they had two daughters. One daughter was living in Charlotte, and her and her husband frequently would come and visit them and visit our church. And they spoke to me about the church that they were going to in Charlotte. It was one of the biggest churches in the state of North Carolina, one of the fastest growing. But this is what they told me. I had one of the most powerful preachers at that church. They said, we like Sunday school better than we do church because the church is so large the only folks that we've really gotten to know are the folks in our sunday school class and so the the sunday school class becomes the church within the church and folks it really does number three sunday school becomes a place where we can minister to others number four sunday school teaches us the scriptures and how to apply them to our lives Number five, Sunday school teaches us how to witness. And number six, Sunday school and worship are partners. One is incomplete without the others. The next thing I want to point out is why I know, this is a personal testimony, why I know that we need to continue to have Sunday school to invite others to Sunday school and to pray for our Sunday school to continue to grow. And number one, this is the truth. I was first introduced to the plan of salvation through a Sunday school teacher. Her name was Ruth Croson. I did not like going to preaching. I, I really didn't go to Sunday school that much, but I sure didn't like going to preaching because there was an old, fat, bald-headed man that liked to yell a lot from the pulpit. That's the truth. But once I came to know the Lord, Knox Lambert, who was the pastor at my home church, was one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my life. One of the greatest men I've ever met. That's another story. But the first person who explained to me the plan of salvation was an intermediate boy Sunday school teacher, and her name was Ruth Croson. I've never forgotten that. Secondly, inviting others to Sunday school is a non-threatening way to show others you love them, not forcing religion on them. You know, folks, we have all kind of different terminologies that come up Throughout the decades, and and you know, over the years, people have said, "Well, somebody tried to beat me over the head with the Bible, and they were not meaning that literally, or they tried to force religion." You know, sometimes we say that as children. Don't we? my parents, force religion on me. Thank God. If you had a parent that tried to help you come to know Jesus Christ, you ought to thank God for them every single day. And if they walk the walk and talk the talk before you, you ought to thank the Lord for them. But inviting someone to Sunday school is a non-threatening, non-forceful way to help them find the Lord. And here, number three, listen to this. Statistics have shown that a high percentage of people accepting Christ come first, where? To Sunday school. Because that's where they see it lived out. They know that the preacher is paid and expected to present sermons and tell about Jesus, but when you see these folks in the in the Sunday school class that are ordinary, everyday people that are living for the Lord Jesus Christ, that becomes one of the greatest witnesses. Number four, where else in today's world is the Word of God being taught? Number four is something we really ought to pay attention to, just like Carol said. Here's the final thing. How can we make our Sunday school what God wants it to be? Three things. Number one, make Sunday school a true priority of this church. We must teach the word. We must win the lost. We must disciple the saved. Folks, that's not a plan by some preachers. That's the plan of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he told his disciples. That's what he shared with his church. Number two. Be faithful in attendance. Pray for your teachers and your class members. And number three, invite others to come. Even bring them like Maud Tobias took me and my two brothers. I want to close with this. And again, more and more I'm saying, using this phrase in my sermons, hear this from my heart. And folks, I want you to know that. I want you to hear what I'm saying, not a way to belittle or to criticize or to coerce or force you to do something that I think you ought to be doing. I want you to hear this from my heart. God is a giver of life. No one would argue with that, probably. You know, every minute of every day is a gift from him. The older I get, the more I am finding that out. And you know how I am most selfish? It's with my time. God, I ain't got time for that. God, I really don't want to do that today. God, find somebody else to do that. I really don't think I need it, God. Sunday school is normally about 45 minutes. Are you willing to give God another 45 minutes? so he can develop and work in our hearts and so that he can teach us his way hear that from the heart let's pray together father i thank you for our sunday school and how you blessed it throughout the years lord help us in sunday school to be faithful to you help us lord that we'll share the word of god that would be taught in love and in power help that as your word goes out that it would help those that do not yet know Christ to come to know your Son as their personal Savior and Lord, and help as the Word of God goes out in Sunday school that, Lord, we would be discipled and trained to leave this building and to go out and be witnesses and ministers for you. Lord, I pray that we will be willing to give an additional 45 minutes to you I pray that you'll bless all who work and teach and serve in the Sunday school ministry. And I just pray, Father, that we will be growing in our faith. And, Lord, we would be found unashamed to share your love and your world and your love and your witness in the world around us. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn of invitation or decision this morning is number 435, Just As I Am. Uh, This morning, we just encourage you that if you've got a decision to make for the Lord, whether it would be to publicly profess faith in him as your Savior for the first time, or whether it's to come and rededicate your life or simply kneel at the altar and pray, or if God's leading you to be a part of our church fellowship. Whatever God is leading you to do, would you do? Number 435, let us stand.